Great to be with you tonight, and I just want to say before I start, you all have the most lovely eyes. <laughs> just please don't change your hair at the moment so we know who you are. All right, if you change your hair, we're done. We've got no idea who we're talking to in this crazy day that we live in. And uh, it's not over, obviously. We're in a day where it's shifting sand from week to week, moment to moment, day to day. We don't know what's going to take place next. I was never a conspiracy theorist. I am now. I have a number of conspiracy theories. I, I won't share them with you. Um, but uh, the only place I know where the truth is, is the Word of God. That's all I've got. That's uh, all I've got. There's so much out there that is information, disinformation, whatever. And uh, it really pushes me back to the Word. Um, that we stand, we call the Bible, because that doesn't change. That doesn't shift. It stays solid. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And I'm so glad we've got something to land on and we can put our feet on. And if you're moved by your circumstances, rather than what the Word of God says, you're living your life out of control. You can't be moved by what's out there because it shifts and changes. You've got to be moved in here by what you believe. And my words about that tonight, my message is about that tonight. Before I do that, I want to say that the new book um, that Pastor Carolina wrote um, <laughs> and I co-authored um, uh, is probably the best book ever written. Yeah. All right, I'm just I'm telling you right now. Um, and, and I'm not sure if you can get into heaven without it, but don't take the risk. It's not worth the risk, all right? So make sure you get your copy. It's ebook and online, and uh, the copy's out there. But I've already skimmed through it. It is awesomely written. It is just so good. Uh, it'll do you the world. It's easier to read. Uh, we've made it for, for go-getters as well as everybody that loves to read. We've made it simple and big writing so you can get right into it and get the most out of it. But if do get it, it will, do the, it's, it will cause you to be the best you can be and will help you get the best out of people around you. So it's worthwhile at every level. Doesn't if you're a leader or not, you, will, you need this book. It's just awesome. Um, tonight I want to speak to you about your future. <laughs> and uh, good news is we all have one. Uh, the sad news is it turns up really quickly. Uh, you know, one day um, your past was once your future, and then one day your future will be your past. And I know a lot of young people tonight uh, say, well, you know, it's a long way off. I want to tell you, I can't believe I woke up and I was freaking 60 years old. <laughs> I said, what happened? Yeah. What took place? It feels like it was this quick. And to say all of that, I'm saying it because how that all looks largely depends on the decisions we make and the actions we take. Yeah. Yeah. Your future is not someplace you go it's a place you create along the way. Yeah. And we've got to decide to make the right calls to get into the right future. Now, there's some things that are out of our control. We realize that. Life throws a bunch of stuff. Stuff happens. Storms, unforeseen challenges, pandemics. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that life throws at us. There's no doubt about that. Um, stuff does. <laughs> I was on an airline. Oh, back in the day. <laughs> we used to be able to fly. Um, uh, I was on an airline in America, it was Southwest Airline, and I remember the steward, the air hostess, saying as we landed, she said, please be careful while opening overhead lockers because shift happens. <laughs> and in life, shift happens. <laughs> All right? There's no doubt about that. So we can't take that for granted or just put it to the side. But at the end of the day, how we end up and what our future looks like, I remember 
<laughs> they were funny. There's a stewardess who gets on the, on, the, on the plane and she does the announcement. She said, by the way, there's somebody's, um, it's their birthday uh, today on the plane. As a matter of fact, it's their first time on an aeroplane. Let's give the captain a big hand. <laughs> but how we end up is not due to the stuff that comes our way. It's how we respond and react to the stuff that comes our way. That's how we end up in a brighter future. No matter what life throws at us, at the end of the day, how we look at it, how we face it, determines the future we move into. Look what Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 10 says. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. And that's not just financial. That's in life. What we sow is what we... Be nice. Because you're going to get nice back. Be angry, you're going to get angry back, all right? That's how it works, all right? Uh, for he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And this is what I love. And let us not grow weary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, some of the saddest examples in the Bible are when people grew weary yeah. and ended up in the wrong place. They grew weary. David grew weary of going to battle, and he ended up in the, in the, the bed of uh, Bathsheba. Uh, uh, Samson grew weary and laid his head in the lap of Delilah. When you grow weary of doing good, you put yourself in a wrong position rather than a right position. You're safer being on the battlefield with God than being at home by yourself. All right. And let's not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of the faith. I want to look at a couple of reasons or a couple of ways to set your future up that it ends up the place you want it to be and the place God ordained it to be. And it's all found in one scripture. Let's read this. John chapter 8, verse 32. It says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. If there's ever been a day that the church needs to know the truth, it's right now. You need to know the truth and the truth shall set you free. It's not truth that sets you free. It's the truth that you know that sets you free. There is truth all around you, but if you don't know it, it doesn't set you free. You know, God has always existed. But I was 27 years of age before I came to know the truth. His truth was always there, but it helped me not because I didn't know the truth. But when I met the truth, Jesus, this truth changed everything. It's not truth. It's the truth that you know that sets you free. You know, you, I'm trying to be a really good golfer. Uh, I'm trying to beat Pastor Mike Mulherin. It's my life goal, all right, to beat Pastor Mike. And I know this, that, and I, I'm taking lessons. And what I found out is that I've been practicing the wrong golf swing for 30 years. And you can practice the wrong golf swing for 30 years and be a bad golfer. What you need to know is to practice, need to know what the right golf swing is and then practice it. It's the truth that you know that sets you free. You've got to know the right golf swing before you practice it. Practice, practice. No, no, you've got to know the right golf. So this, this is the big question. You know, what don't you know that you need to find out? What don't you know about God that you need to find out? What don't you know about church that you need to find out? About marriage? (laughs) One of my biggest journeys in life was to be married. I don't think life is fair. 
Uh, uh, women grow up and intuitively become wives. Then have babies, Sam, and children will become a mother. Men, we don't even grow up. We just want bigger toys. No space, and God gives us a space invader. And we have to work this whole marriage thing out. We have to work it out. We have to, you, I mean, to make a marriage work doesn't happen because you love Jesus. I wish it was that simple. Just love Jesus. No, no, you've got, to, you've got to know how to make, you have to understand how a woman thinks at some level. Women, you have to know how a man, and it's not hard, we're not very complicated. We're really quite simple. It's not that complicated. It might not be, make sense to you, but we're not complicated. You know, I, 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 I listen to women speak and and, and, and as they listen to them, they, they go like this, and they're speaking, and their rhythm is A, J, K, F, B, J, K, C, J, K, F, B, C. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure which part of that to answer. We covered so many subjects so quickly. I'm not sure, because men don't think like that. They think like this, A. B. <laughs> C. So when you ask your husband to put out the garbage when he's watching the football and he does not move, he's not being disobedient. A. <laughs> Wife saying something. B. Football's on. C. So what I'm saying is, that to make things work, you've got to know what the truth is. Great marriages don't just happen because you feel, fall in love. <laughs> I'm in love. That's, that's always my issue with giving pre-marriage counseling. People look at you and they, I'm going to tell you all the things you need to know about getting married. And they look at you and go, and they don't say it, they just smile and go, yeah, we don't need this. We're in love. <laughs> We're in love. But you need to know the truth. What don't you know about relationships? You need to find out. What don't you know about business? You need to find out. What don't you know about your purpose that you need to find out? It's the truth that you know that sets you free. You've got to know the truth. You've got to know what the Word of God. The only reason Christians are confused today is they do not know what the Word of God says. It is so clear on every issue you need to deal with. You've got to know what it says. It's the truth. You know, back in the day in the 70s, I was, I was a surfer. And uh, back then, uh, bikies were not organized criminals. They were just gangs. And surfers and bikies hated each other. And we used to get into fights, not often, but sometimes. And, um, and this particular night, it was a surfer's paradise. And I got out of my car. I was, I was going to a nightclub or something. And, um, and, and back in the day, you could tell a surfer, we had jeans on, Ugg boots, a flannelette shirt, and long hair. It was very simple. Uh, standard, upright. You know, I get in the car, and as I do, five bikies pull up. And they surround my car. One throws a bottle, a beer bottle through the car window next to me. Uh, they, they looked at me like, you know, what do you think you're doing? You know, like they, they're after to beat the heck out of me. And I'm there by myself in this dark parking lot. And I, uh, I noticed they were Hell's Angel bikers. And I didn't know something about Hell's Angels. I knew they came from back then. Their chapter was in St. Kilda in Melbourne. 
And so as that information come to mind very quickly, I, I said, hey guys, how you doing? I said, I'm up here on holidays as well. As a matter of fact, one of my uh, cousins rides with the Hells Angels in St Kilda in Melbourne. And they looked at me like, hell. And by the, when they were what? I just walked off. <laughs> the truth that you know <laughs> sets you free. <laughs> you gotta know the truth. And the truth that you know set you free. Too many people as believers are not seeing the breakthrough, the success they wanted because they've given up on the discovery of truth. They've given up on the pathway. The Bible says over and over again, we must seek, we must search, we must learn, we must study. And it doesn't matter whether it's just the Bible, it's about life itself. I love turning on the Discovery Channel and finding out something I never knew I never knew. Uh, you've got to be on this discovery in life to find out the things you need to know because it's the truth that sets you free. Yeah. Yeah. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says it like this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, Joshua, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make, be prosperous and then you will have good success. Meditate on the book. Know it backwards. You know, I, I know this, that if I'm going to be the believer that God wants me to be to deal with the situations that are thrown at me by life that I have no power over, I've got to know what God says about the situation. I've got to meditate in the Word and know what God says. And the Word that, that you have on your iPad or your phone or the Bible printed in front of you, the words of that Bible were never intended to stay written there. They were always intended to be written on the tablets of a human heart. Because the power of the word is not that you read it, it's that it's inside of you. And when you pray, then God can speak to you because you know what the word of God says. And God even hides his treasures. He hides them. Not that they won't be found, but they must be looked for. He says, diligently seek me and you shall find me. Knock and keep knocking and the door will be opened. If you're hungry, you shall be filled. There's a sense of this. You don't trip over the truths of God. You've got to seek them out. You've got to find them. Then they have value to you. Your future is no accident. It's a result of how much truth you know. Your future is no accident. It doesn't matter in any area, marriage, business, spirituality. It's what you know. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18 say this. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory, may give you the, to the spirit of wisdom and a revelation in the knowledge of him. That the, listen to this, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance to the saints. All that based around knowing what God says about things. Can I tell you, the more wisdom you have, the less miracles you need. The more wisdom you have, Wisdom is not something you gain. Wisdom is something you use to destroy the unforeseen enemies of your future. Yeah. It's not the devil that can take us out. It's a lack of wisdom. And we walk into an enemy's trap. If we use wisdom, the Bible says, then we don't need as many miracles. So firstly, you've got to know the truth. But that doesn't stop there. That's the beginning of this whole process. And then once you know the truth, guess what you've got to do? You've got to do the truth. It's great to know the truth, but you've got to do the truth. It's the truth that you know and do that sets you free. James chapter 1, verse 25. But he who continues in the perfect law of liberty 
and continue, who looks in the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a, a doer, not, not a hoper, not a gunner, not I think so, but a doer of the work. This one, all right, this one will be blessed in all that he does. It's doing that creates a blessing. You've got to know the truth, but then you've got to do the truth. A friend of mine, Brian Clammer, a number of years ago wrote a book, and he entitled the book this, If How To Was Enough, We'd All Be Skinny, Rich, and Happy. There are a thousand books on how to be skinny, rich, and happy. There are a thousand diets, a thousand workout routines. The issue is not knowing the truth, it's actually doing, doing the truth. Man, you can know, I know every diet. I live with Lee, I know every diet. <laughs> but just by knowing it doesn't cause me to lose weight. That's the diet you want to come up with. That as long as you know the diet, you start losing weight. That's the one I want. <laughs> but it doesn't work like that. You can know it. You can know the gym routine. You can know all the exercises to do. But you don't get any fitter and stronger because you know it. That's the gym routine I want. <laughs> Just when you know it, muscles bulge out, chest, stomach goes away. No, it doesn't work like that. I really wish it did, but it doesn't. But when you do things, it can set people free and set yourself free. Um, uh, Lee and I have some basic understanding of uh, life-saving principles. I did it at high school. And, um, and it's good to know those things, but it's amazing how much power they have when you do those things. We were back in, in Bali a few years ago, Lee and I, on holidays, and we were sitting around the pool. We had our back to the pool. We were facing the ocean. Uh, there was a light rain coming down. There wasn't many people in the pool. And uh, we heard these men yelling and screaming. Uh, and we turned around, and uh, there was a mother and a child that were drowning in the pool. Uh, they, they were dragging their both were unconscious. Uh, both were unconscious, the, the mother and the maybe two or three-year-old daughter. And they're yelling and screaming, not knowing what to do. So Lee and I raced over, and, and we grabbed the, the mother and the child, and we started giving mouth-to-mouth and, and doing life-saving principles, saving the mother passed away, but I think she was dead already. Um, but the girl, little girl got saved and lived there because not did we know the truth, but we did the truth. Freedom comes not when you just know something, it's when you do something. Yeah. That's where the power is. You can, know, you can know the principle of forgiveness, but it does you no good. Yeah. You can know I should forgive. <laughs> I should forgive them. I should. I'm, I'm going to try hard to forgive them. Lord, teach them a lesson. Let their house burn down. God, they need to know what's right and wrong in Jesus' name. You, you, can, you can know, but like many believers, man, it's like somebody stabs you in the back. Ugh, and their response, and you know, they know they should forget. They know the principle. But their response is so often, oh, in Jesus' name. But it does you no good to know it. Knowing the principle of forgiveness doesn't set anybody free till you use it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you forgive somebody, not only are they free, the Bible says you are as well. Yeah. Yeah. One of the greatest reasons you need to forgive everybody of everything is not that they get away with it. And that's why many people don't forgive because that other person doesn't, it doesn't matter whether they deserve it or not. That's an irrelevant issue. 
The issue is if you hold on to unforgiveness, you will become an, a, a person that's very upset in their soul. You'll be a person that can't forgive. Bitterness will get around. You're the one who will be in jail, yeah. not them. You'll be the one tied up and bound by it. So make sure, so you can know it. So the point is, if knowing things is a wonderful start, but then you've actually got to do something. You know the principle of sowing and reaping. You plant seeds, you get a harvest. We talk about it in our giving. Yet people who, who like the idea of it don't get the harvest. No harvest ever came to pass unless a seed was first sown. Yeah. It's just how it is. You've got you to do the principle. You can know what the Bible says, but it's not till you do it. Will you see the power outworked in your life and in others? Your future is no accident. It's a result of whether you know the truth and whether you do the truth. And the third part of this message tonight is just as important. If you want to see this outwork, that your future looks brilliant, then don't give up on truth. Don't give up on truth. And unfortunately, it's one of the common things of our age is that people give up on things far too early. They don't see them through. Matthew 24 verse 13 says this. But he endures to the end, shall be saved. Not those who start brilliantly. Not those who get halfway through. But those who endure to the end. And I find this fascinating that we can be in a world that, that tells us that giving up and getting out is the most sensible thing to do on so many different things. Yet the Bible says, if you want to see victory, endure to the end. Don't give up on, if it's truth then stay with it. If it's truth, stay with it. We remember, we read earlier, don't grow weary while doing good. For in due season, you shall reap a harvest. A blessing shall come your way. Don't give up. Too many people give up on the way to their victory, onto their way to their salvation, onto the way to the blessing that God has for them. When Lee and I go to Colorado, we go through the Rocky Mountains, um, it's littered in gold mines and silver mines. And every time I drive through, I think of the 1800s and, and people in their, their, their carts and going up in the mountains for their gold strike. There's gold and then there are hills. And I just wonder how many gave up one meter short of their gold strike or their silvers. How that just one meter would have made all the difference. You know, I, I study great people. And great people throughout history are great for many reasons, but the one thing they all have in common, they never gave up. They stayed the course. They endured to the end. Great futures are determined by doing and doing for a long period of time. Can I, can I tell you that? No farmer, <laughs> no farmer plants a seed in the afternoon, gets up in the morning and goes, where the heck's that tree? Because there's a gap between sowing and reaping. As a matter of fact, there's a gap between the seed becoming a tree and the tree producing fruit. So the Christian, we are not, we are not magical people in the sense of we get, you know, like we get a genie. And, we can, and people sort of see Jesus as a genie. They pick the Bible and say the magic words, Jesus' name. Rub it, you know, abracadabra. Did you know the word abracadabra is actually ancient Arabic for Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? You can look it up. So the magicians even stole scripture to produce magic. 
abracadabra. And we've got this concept that if we rub the Bible and, and a genie will appear and, and somehow... No, no, that's not how the Bible works. The Bible works as we sow, we believe, we trust God, we see a harvest. Now, sometimes we get instant miracles, but that's not most of the time. Most of the time, you've got to apply faith, patience, and hope. And then if you stay through it, if you grow not weary in doing good, you shall see a harvest in due season. We've got to make sure we're not giving up way too early. Did I, did I do James 5.11 yet? Let's do that. Indeed, we count them blessed who in Jua. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. There is no such thing as an overnight success. Be assured of that. No such thing. Our overnight success usually takes between 10 and 20 years. When you see somebody become great, it wasn't just happening right then. They might have been seen right then, but they've been doing this for 10 to 20 years. Somebody was asked, uh, they became a billionaire overnight apparently, and they were asked, what does it feel like to be an overnight success? And he said, uh, longest night of my life. Because it doesn't happen instantly. If it's truth, don't give up on it. If Jesus is the answer, don't give up on him. If he's our way to eternity, don't give up on him. Too many people stop short. I remember when I was going through cancer back in 2012, I was speaking to a woman who was going through cancer. She rang me and so we're talking. She's from another church. And um, she said, it looks really bad. Uh, my results are getting worse. And, and um, it looks like I'm not going to make it. They're not giving me a good diagnosis at all. And I said, you know what? At the end of the day, we're going to go and meet Jesus. Whatever hates place, we're going to get there. She said, you know what? I don't believe in Jesus anymore. I said, what do you mean? Well, how would he let this happen to me? And I'm thinking to myself, if I'm on my way to eternity, the last thing I'm going to give up on is the truth. The last thing I'm going to give up on is the truth. And I'll, I'll have faith, and I said, I'll pray and believe God for you. And I'll do it. But she said, no, I've given up on it. I'm, I'm walking away. And, and, and I, I just feel so sad that many people in our streets and our neighborhoods tried church yeah. and didn't give it time, and they gave up on it. They tried Jesus, and they gave up on it. They tried that giving thing. They tried that praying thing and it didn't work straight away. They tried that exercise. And who knows, if you're going to try the exercising thing, you've got to go to the gym more than once. You can't give up. Don't give up on truth, church. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are shoving at you, what the news says. And it doesn't matter which news you listen. Don't, 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 don't give up on the truth because this truth doesn't change. Don't give up on the truth. Let it have its perfect way in you. Your future is not an accident. It's a result of whether you find the truth, do the truth, and keep going with the truth. That moves you into a a better future. Find the truth, do the truth, don't give up. Sometimes we gotta finish a a bad season. You know that? Sometimes we've made some really bad decisions, done some really wrong things, gave up too early. And there's not much you can do about your last season except suck it up. 
You can't change the last season, but what you can do is find the truth, do the truth, and don't give up the truth, and then you'll find your next season a whole lot better. That's where it works. The old season will come to an end. What have you done to create the new season? You are determining your tomorrow today. I do never, I do not ever judge my success on what I am reaping. For to me, that's the end of a season. I'm judging my success on what I'm sowing because that's the beginning of the new season. What am I putting down today for the days to come? Your future is not an accident, it's a result. Would you find the truth? Would you search for God? Would you diligently seek Him out this year? Would you go extra in your place of finding out what the Bible says about the things that are pertained to life and godliness? Would you, would you, would you, when you find them, would you do the truth? Just step out and just do what God says. And then if it doesn't happen straight away, don't give up on truth. Because if it is the truth, your juice season will come in Jesus' name.